Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. Today is June 5th, 2019, and Martin, Liverpool are champions of Europe for the sixth time. Are you okay? Ah, uh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, you don't I'm sound just okay. all right, dude. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not devastated. I'm not too sad, but I'm not doing great. I mean, it's, it's huge congratulations to Liverpool fans worldwide, um, just a, a crazy trophy to win and, and well-deserved. But to any Manchester United Arsenal fan out there, guys, we could have been that. We used to be that. So that's, that's where a lot of my sadness is coming from. Kev, how the heck are you doing after, you know, Tottenham lost? So that's all right. You were pulling for Liverpool. It's It's an okay victory for you. Yeah, I, you know... I just wish I could have been a Liverpool fan for a day to feel that type of joy, you know? Yeah. I, as an Arsenal fan, it just kind of, like, to see other, like, I was, like, joyful for Liverpool fans, obviously, but, like, I just, like, could have given anything to be a Liverpool fan on Saturday. It would have been so fucking sick because just to see how happy it is. And what a story, man. Jurgen Klopp coming in. Ending up in eighth place, going through so much shit, losing semifinal after semifinal, or uh, final after final, my apologies. Um, the Europa League, um, I believe League Cup, right? Um, and then coming Champions in second place. To, League. Yeah. Oh, cha- oh, sorry, Champions League the year before. And to bounce back, I mean, that is such an accomplishment, Martin. To literally come back the following year, how hard it is to be at that level and a lot of people saying like oh did Liverpool miss their chance to win the Champions League when they lost to Real Madrid the year before to come all the way back and be even better I mean that's incredible and the shit that Jurgen Klopp and all these lads at Liverpool and Liverpool fans in general who everyone was saying oh they're going to be so insufferable who I think they just had a bang did you see their parade did you see pictures from that dude like we went to the Eagles parade when uh Philadelphia won and it, it was like that was pretty wild because it was the first Super Bowl for the Eagles it wasn't it was one one hundredth of how wild Liverpool was yeah I, I mean the the pictures from the parade we're just amazing. I, that that really shows you just the wildness and the craziness of of the fans um, there and worldwide, and how much that trophy meant to them. Uh, so I, I I love seeing pictures like that. Uh, looking at the pictures in the past of uh, when Real Madrid won the trophies, it was packed streets, it was it was fireworks, <clears throat> and this is no different. But there was like a different feel in the the air. It was it was you know like pure jubilation. As well as be being complete tools. I I'm not gonna let you off that easy, Liverpool fans. I'm gonna sneak some insults into in here. Oh my god, quick. let them have it! Come on, I I am. I'm congratulating them, but I'm I'm gonna pierce them with a couple insults along the way just to keep it real. Uh fucking like you said, Jurgen Klopp. That's crazy. Obviously, I root against that man with every fiber in my being. I I, I just think he's a german a over enthusiastic german at the end of the day but to to come i don't want to say the word to come back from all that adversary 
adversary because it's not coming back. It's it's you know overcoming everything that was thrown his way in terms of losing as many finals as he did, getting you know a pretty shitty Liverpool team to begin with back in 2013, and and transforming them into this group of killers. It's it's phenomenal what he's done for this club. Uh, so take a bow, son, and shout out to getting absolutely pissed drunk and almost falling off the bus. Uh, you can do almost anything in the world, Jurgen Klopp, and I will still hate you, but that made me like you just a little bit more. That was dope. That's some Jack Wilshire shit, singing What Do We Think of Tottenham shit. And for that, just unreal scenes, dude. Unreal scenes. Uh, immediately after the game, the parade... During the game, this Liverpool support is it's crazy, man. Mm. Like you think of fandoms and and the craziest fandoms who have have that most diehard crazy love for their team. And the first one that really pops into my mind are two teams, the Eagles and the Bruins. Just that weird weird family connection with the club. And that's what I think of when I think of the Liverpool fan base for the most part. So I'm jelly, dude. I'm peanut butter and jelly, and I wish it was my team being good. So just once again, Salah, Bobby Brighttooth, Firmino, Mane, Hendo. Fucking Hendo won a Champions League, guys. Uh, dude, when he lifted that trophy, <laughs> it was surreal. Like It was when it he, was weird. It didn't set in until that moment when he did the jog It didn't jog feel like thing. real life. Like, yeah, I was just like, life? nah, this is FIFA. FIFA's FIFA's messing with me. I just did FIFA career mode, and Hendo got a a uh, Champions League medal and trophy. But two of the best, or two of my favorite players on Liverpool are uh, Robbo and Trent Alexander Arnold. Those youngsters are some bad news bears. Some of the best fullbacks, well, not really fullbacks, uh, wingbacks in the in the world right now. Granted, they only have one amazing season uh, in them so far, but but the ceiling's high, the potential's high. And, I think and the season before, with the run to the Champions League last year was pretty phenomenal as well. I think they've definitely, I mean, even for their age, have proven that they are just nothing but quality. And, uh, Martin, I was going to say, too, your boy, uh, you said in the last pod, someone from the Discord channel pointed out that you were like, I'm going to be so fucking livid if Origi scores. And I knew it behold, was. Yeah, god damn it, I Kevin. I just need to stop speaking things into existence. You I did. knew the second you did. I started talking shit about Liverpool and and betting on on Tottenham that Liverpool was definitely going to win it. And lo and behold, what did they do in in literally the first thirty five seconds? Go and get a penalty. Ah, oh, this is my fault, Tottenham. I'll take the blame here. Yeah, this one's you wanna, on me. You want to just talk about the game for a second um going into the game seeing harry kane in the starting lineup that was the big questionable uh move by pochettino and turned out to be the wrong move martin it was pretty it was pretty obvious harry kane was not fit to play and he just 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 he didn't do anything he didn't like there wasn't any movement no runs in the back you know in between the lines he just he was kind of like you know i think several people have said this but it was like tottenham were playing with 10 men um, he just didn't do anything to help this Tottenham squad in the final third, which is kind of like Poch's philosophy that if there's a fit, if Harry Kane is fit at all, play him no matter what, even though Lucas Mora is your hat trick hero, 
You know what I mean? Even though, and you could tell Lucas Mora, I don't know if he was pissed, but I definitely, he definitely was not, I think he wasn't happy with starting on the bench, even though he's been, you know, the, you know, the, the starting man, the man who's been leading uh, Tottenham for part of it to this, to get to this final. So Harry Kate, I don't know, like, do you think it was Harry Kane not being fit or he just didn't perform well? What do you think? What was going on with Harry Kane in this match? I I absolutely think that he was rushed back way too soon. And I th- I thought it was a real poor tactical decision um, from Pochettino. I was talking to my brothers before the match and, and we were getting drunk. So we were yelling at each other as one is a, a Liverpool fan and he's obviously wrong. Um, and we were talking about the possibility of Harry Kane even playing. And uh, so it, it was super weird to see him starting over Lucas Mora, who, like you said, just went a tear against Ajax and has been critical to their success when the moment counts the most in, in the Champions League this entire campaign. So I thought it was a, a real bad call, and I thought Pochettino was going to do the exact opposite. I thought he was going to give Lucas Moore the start, let him play those 70 minutes, try and hold Liverpool to a 0-0 or a 1-0 difference, and then bring on Harry Kane in the 70th minute. We talked about that tactic. Yeah, that's what uh, we thought. The last one. Like we were talking about, if Harry Kane is not 100%, like do not play him. Do not go against your better judgment just because it's almost like you're picking like FIFA rankings over like actual playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I will say, Lucas Mora, after the match, he he was asked about the the switch Rooney, the uh, the benched role that he played, and he was super respectful. He said that he, he he really wished he starts. He was obviously very sad he did not start, but he respects his coach's decision and and that it's a tactical one, and there was nothing that he could do, and must respect it. So I was like, okay, word. That's that's a that's a real cool mindset. Even even though, I mean, I think he knew, and a lot of fans think they know that he would have been much more dangerous than Harry Kane because Harry Kane did fuck all in the first half. Uh, I think I saw him touch the ball one or two times. He got roughed up almost every single time he came close to the ball, and it it was like. You said they were playing with 10 men. There was no center of attack. There was no point of attack. And that's why Tottenham was able to hold all that possession around Liverpool's goal. But they could not find a way to pierce that um, that defense. They couldn't find a way to play the final ball or the second to last final ball. Because there was no point man. They, they had a weak Harry Kane who is worse than Son in the center forward position or more in the center forward position. So I, I think while that might not have been the only factor that caused Tottenham to lose, but I think that was a huge factor um, in this game and Tottenham's performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very strange game because when that early goal came, so should we talk about that early goal as well? Uh, handball or no handball? I think it's – I. I've seen people debate me. A lot of my friends, uh, when I was watching it down in uh, Sea Isle, New Jersey. Also, just by the way, I let a couple people know I had a neurovirus this weekend, Martin. Um, I don't think I've actually told you this, and I was having terrible shits. Like I was literally running to the bathroom every five. You know those like butterflies yeah. in your butterflies in your stomach. I literally had them the entire. Like it just hurt. Stop all eating oysters, dude. 
You wild no, man. Dude, I think it was like the Philly water. I think I drank some Philly tap water from the apartment and just like just ruined me or something. I was <laughs> I was like I had to be picked up Saturday night from my friend's house and like taken home and I was literally in a full sweatshirt, sweatpants, like like just uh what's it called cold sweats like holding myself and i went to bed at 8 30 and woke up at 9 30 the next morning like i i've never slept 13 hours in my life and it was i woke up like a brand new person i went for a hike the next day but i will say the second half of the liverpool tottenham game i was watching like five minutes running to the bathroom for five minutes in and out <laughs> but luckily this turned out to be one of the i picked the right match to have the fucking shits because it was one of the probably the worst champions league final i've ever watched and that's nothing against these two teams it just that's how it turned out like when liverpool scored that early penalty which let's get back to that do you think that was a penalty the armpit the i think someone on our facebook said the armpit of god uh what did you what did you make of that um when i first saw it i didn't think it was a penalty when i saw it in in the uh real time and then when I saw the first re- replay, I didn't think it was a penalty. And then the more and more I watched it, you know, like with every single replay, uh, you notice more and more things. And by the end of them showing it like six or seven times, I thought I saw it roll down like halfway down his uh, tricep. So I thought it was a handball at the end. I thought it was a a. I thought it was purposeful by Mane, actually, if you want to jump into some conspiracy theories. Oh, my Sissoko, God. No, 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 no. I thought it was brilliant by Mane because Sissoko came directly to him when Mane got to the edge of the box. And Sissoko mm-hmm. had his right hand up pointing at Harry Winks or Kieran Trippier's dumbass to go cover an overlapping run. And the second he held that hand up and was pointing at one of the defenders to cover another player, Mane scooped the ball uh, in that general direction. Obviously, it looked like it, it was a little scoop into the center of the box towards Bobby Firmino. But it looked like that was a perfectly timed scoop into center mass of Sissoko as if he was trying to get that handball. So if that's what he was trying to do, that's absolutely brilliant because Sissoko, being the dumbass that he is... Why is his arm there? What an idiot. What an absolute... What an absolute fucking idiot. Why would you flop your... Fling your arm up like that? That's just dumb. That's so... And it's so Sissoko. Like... I'm I'm not here as an Arsenal fan the shit on Tottenham and Sissoko I think was announced as Tottenham's player of the season which is you know he has had a much better season than most people thought but god what a dumbass like you can debate if that was a handball or not but you can't debate that was a bonehead move by Sissoko like there's no reason for his arm to be flying up like that when a ball is going to be flung in there for a cross so that led to the penalty uh, by Mohamed Salah redemption after being hurt the year before by the number one supervillain Sergio Ramos and what a redemption story for him uh, goals leading goal scorer for Liverpool this year of 27 goals um, not a one season wonder as Martin has a- alleged um, and from that point on Liverpool was just like all right, because Liverpool is nothing but all-out attack. Hit the directional pad all the way over FIFA style. You know, Martin, like, balls to the wall. And at this point, I think Liverpool was like, all right, man, bring it on. You can't break us down. Pretty much challenging Tottenham. Like, 
We're going to give you all the possession, do what you want. I don't think you can break us down. And you know what? Liverpool's bluff paid off. And it worked perfectly. That's why it turned out to be a boring game because Liverpool, who showed up, they didn't seem like they had the boots under them. They didn't seem as excited for the game. And Tottenham just played like they had excellent passing in the midfield. But in the final third, they just couldn't produce anything. Yeah, I I will tell you what. I did not expect that from Liverpool in any scenario that I dreamed up in my head. And I dreamed up plenty of scenarios. Um, that was 1000% unexpected. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Jurgen Klopp do that to such an extreme and, mm-hmm. and very Mourinho-esque, very Mourinho-esque. And that's, I, I really hate that shit. I hated it when he did it at, uh, Chelsea, when he did it at, uh, United. And I, I just hate that style of play and to see it at, in a final from such an attacking team, was the wackiest thing that I've ever seen in my life uh, behind Sissoko throwing up his arm in the penalty box. But it was incredible that Tottenham was really never able to break Liverpool down. They held that ball so well in, in the area, that dangerous area in Liverpool's half, and were able to pass it back, recycle the attack, start anew. But they were never really able to pierce the box and put Allison under pressure. I think he only actually had to save uh, two shots by the end. I'm not entirely yeah. He had a very chill that. day. He didn't yeah. do shit. And that's that's just the exact one, the exact opposite of what I want to see in the final, and the exact opposite of what I would see in this Ugh. final. I thought Tottenham would would definitely be able to pierce that defense as they have been able to before. Um, so it surprised me that Liverpool was okay with a 1-0 lead in the first minute and just fucking everybody back. So it was kind of a self-imposed boring game, faux show. But it was still a super exciting tactical matchup from that standpoint. Like you said, it's it was unexpected and, and super wonky. And the Liverpool team executed it to perfection. Whether it was mm-hmm. Matip... Van Dyke, Robbo, Trent Alexander, um, Hendo in the midfield, and then Milner when he came on, Origi when he came on. He he defended the most of the time that he was on the pitch, and they just played on the counterattack. So it was such an un-Liverpoolian victory. It, it threw me off. I think that's why seeing Hendo and Liverpool win the Champions League just didn't feel like real life. It didn't feel like a final. Yeah, Liverpool is just here to, like, step on your fucking throat. You know what I mean? They're here to, like, kill. And to see them just take a step back and let the opposition, like, and take the pressure on, I think that's really incredible by Jurgen Klopp's side because Jurgen Klopp was usually like, whatever, we're going to give up two goals, but we're going to score four. And to see him transition to this manager who can switch his tactics when things change in the game, such as scoring an early goal in the first, like, three minutes, I think that's incredible. That's, gr- that's the marks of a great manager. Um, it, it was a very, very odd game. There was a couple of good chances by Son, even though he had a couple of very heavy touches, but there was a couple of times Son was like right in there, like trying to do his little like cut in from the wing, which ended up like giving Liverpool some fits. But at the end of the day, when you have Virgil van Dijk, who's the best defender in the world, it's going to, you're going to have a tough day trying to break him down, especially when you're dealing with a not fully fit squad. So, 
Um, congrats to Liverpool. I really don't have too much else to say about this game. It's just very surreal. Again, seeing Jordy Henderson do his little like pump up steps and lift up the trophy with the fireworks and the confetti. I never would have thought this would like, especially for Jordan Henderson, who's gotten so much stick and that incredible story about his father getting the throat cancer. Did you hear about that? Like that he said that his dad wouldn't like watch any of the matches to give pressure. And then he ended up watching him win the champions league right then and there in person. And that big hug. Ugh. And you can just see how all the players were hugging each other. You can clap afterwards. And you know what? People will say this is a shitty final. You know what? We had some of the greatest semifinals and quarterfinals of all time in the champions league this year. So I don't think anyone should be upset at all. You know what? Not all finals are great. Okay. I'm going to say it. Not all finals turn out to be, you know, unreal Man City Tottenham comebacks and, you know, Liverpool comebacks against Barcelona, um, Man U PSG, Ajax, you know, the list goes on. Like this whole this whole Champions League campaign, it sucks that it kind of ended on a dud. But if you're a Liverpool fan, who gives a shit? At the end of the day, you walked away with the fucking Champions League, your sixth European Cup. That's congratulations, guys. You did it as an as an Arsenal fan into a Manchester United fan, it pains us and we're jealous, okay? Because that's fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 14 years, five coaches, two finals out, and and you win the biggest one of them all. You caught the biggest fish um, and, and did it in a weird way, but the most efficient way for sure. Uh, incredible storylines from, like Kev said, Hendo to Mo Salah coming back from being hurt by Sergio Ramos. Uh, it was almost destined not to happen, and Liverpool fought destiny to make sure that it mm. did happen for them. So, Martin, real quick, think about all these storylines earlier in the year, too. Like, oh, was Allison and Virgil van Dijk worth all the money? Oh, should uh, Liverpool knock themselves out of the Champions League so they can focus on the league? Remember all those? Doesn't matter. They are all bullshit now. I remember Gary Neville was getting trolled by Jamie Carragher because Gary Neville had a quote earlier in the year saying that same thing, saying, oh, like, Liverpool should get out of the Champions League to focus on the league and Jamie Carragher having a laugh, you know what I mean? And to think that they were one point away from the double, you know, one point away if it wasn't for a historic Man City side, that's that's just insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and I, you know, with the end of this year, all the trophies that could be won have been won. I'm just thinking about the next season, man. I'm just thinking about ooh, who's gonna win <laughs> next? Who's gonna lift the trophy? What are the storylines for the next season gonna be? Give me that shit. Inject that shit into my veins. I'm I'm like a I'm I'm like a elephant. I have no attention span. Ooh, soccer's done. I have nothing to look forward to until August 7th. I don't know when the next season starts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Friday's the Women's World Cup, Martin. Let you forget. My God. I have nothing to look forward to until Friday and August 7th. Yes, yes. Um, Speaking of which, uh, so that was our Champions League recap. Unreal. I wish the atmosphere was a little bit better, and Imagine Dragons sucks. I don't Dude, care. Like mm, they, Kevin, they're, let they're, me go on an old man rant. Okay, are you going to go on your Imagine Dragons rant? Is this what oh, I'm getting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Thunder. It's the thunder. Stupid song. First off, stupid song. It sounds like a nursery rhyme. If you I'll like Imagine Dragons, oh, you are the worst type of people. Secondly, why is there a musical before soccer games? It's not the Super Bowl. 
thirdly, why is there a musical number in the middle of the Super Bowl? Nobody cares. Uh, nobody went to the Super Bowl to watch the halftime show. Nobody went to the Champions League final to see dumbass McGee and his two white friends sing Thunder. I'm a thunder. Beat, and now beat I'm a drums. lightning. I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna beat some drums all the whole time. It's yeah, gonna be great. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, fucking like, gong it up, guy. And so people spent thousands of dollars. And guess what they want to see? They want to see Harry Kane flop. They don't care about you, so stop doing that. I know it's f- to make it more cool and modern, but it drives me up the wall. I have a half a mind to write a letter to UEFA. Let's get a petition. FIFA. I'm I'm gonna start a petition to stop. Stop putting music in sporting events. I come here for sports. I could give, give two shits about music. When I want to listen to music, I listen to music. Damn. God, I can't okay. wait to be 60 and this can be justified. Preach. Preach, queen. Okay. Um, so that was our Champions League recap. Um, <laughs> before we get into some fan questions, uh, there's a couple headlines we would be amiss not to mention. Uh, Jose Antonio Reyes has passed away. Um, former Arsenal Sevilla legend, um, part of the invincible, uh, squad during those years, the O2, uh, Arsenal years, won Europa league with Sevilla was the Sevilla Academy player died in a horrific car crash at only 35. I believe he was playing, um, in like the Spanish second division or something like that. Um, Horrible news. Uh, it was very sad because I was with my good friend Scott, who is a big Sevilla fan. He was texting all his Sevilla fans, and they were very upset. And as an Arsenal fan, I saw all the tributes by former players. Um, you, uh, Fernando Lorente, uh, they did a nice tribute actually at the Champions League honoring him. You could see his former teammates like Fernando Lorente very um, sad on the sidelines. There was a great uh, – if you go on Cesc Fabregas's, uh Instagram, he had a whole – paragraph talking about when he moved to london when he was 16 he got brought into him uh he didn't know anything about the country and reyes kind of took him under his wing so and from everything i've read he's just a top you know uh pure class kind of guy top-notch guy uh really sad to see him die at such a young age and you know he's the soccer world is going to miss him tremendously yeah uh, absolutely Absolutely, a, a legend for both of those respective clubs, and and to wake up last week with that news, it's it's sends shockwaves around the soccer community. Um, so my thoughts go out to his family, his friends, and and his teams, and all the people that he affected over the course of his his lifetime. Um, so incredibly sad news to come out of Spain, uh, but. As always, when something so horrific happens, the soccer community comes together and, and really does justice to his name and to anybody's name. Um, so that's that's the one bright spot in this, and you know his memory will be cherished forever by by all those people whose lives he's touched. Uh, so Kev, with that out of the way, we want to touch on any other news, or do you want to jump right into fan questions? Oh, uh, the only other thing I had was, you know, this is transfer season. You know, this is the time where teams get hope. Um, And you know what team, you know, who has had, you know, has always had the worst kind of luck? Real Madrid, you know. They they never win anything. You know, Martin, they recently signed Luke. No, they just, this Champions League, what? Like, not seeing them in this final? Weird, right? Like, they're never Mm -hmm. in this. Um, 
Luka Jovic from Frankfurt has transferred over to Real Madrid for, I think, a 50-something million, 56, 53. I don't remember the figure. Um, Million euro transfer to Real Madrid. Had an amazing season at Frankfurt, 27 goals or something. Um, You know, our stats department will be right on that. Um, But, yeah, early signing. So, you think... Him and Hazard teaming up could be a deadly, deadly duo up top. I mean, that'd be badass. I think that that's their hope, their thought. I know their top three transfer targets this summer are are Hazard, Neymar, and Mbappe. So pair any combination of of the three of them with each other, and it's it's going to be bad news bears for anybody that's in their fire line. And Jovic has been proving himself over the past couple years, so. I'm I'm excited to see this new Real Madrid. It, it definitely seems like it's being uh, built in Zidane's image. Uh, they got youngsters. They got some older uh, legends at the squad. So I would love to see Real Madrid back that shit up. Grab Eriksen, grab Mbappe, Neymar, or Hazard, and call it a done day. And just build for the next year. And then have a badass super team in the next two years or three years yeah i mean real madrid they bounce back pretty quick don't they so uh you know just hate to see them just you know just tough times on real madrid you know just always you know just the uh the brides me never the bride right martin god damn real madrid it's tough for them it's real fucking tough for them okay let's move into fan questions are you ready yeah oh yeah oh uh let's break for a quick ad right now all right, we're back. So, Martin, are you ready for fan questions now? Heck yeah. Okay, first question comes from the High Press Podcast. He says, Indica or Sativa? Oh, I think this is a weed question. Um, What's what's the difference between Indica and Sativa? One is like the head high and one's like the body high. I sound like such a narc right now. Fuck. Um, Kevin's a cop. Kevin's a cop, guys. You can't ask him that. You guys are going to get narked on. No, he doesn't no. even know when what Indica Sativa I, is. I think when I went to Colorado with Tyler, we were doing because it's legal there. I can say I was smoke. I don't, of course, I don't smoke weed here in Philadelphia. That would be illegal, even though it's decriminalized. Um, when I was in Colorado, I think I had a lot of sativa because that's the one that's like makes you energized and like gives you that mind high. I think, and that was sick. I had a bunch of those like gummies that were really cool. Um, and I think the indica is the one that helps you fall asleep. So I think I had a pen that did that before. And that was kind of sick. So I think I would pick Sativa over Indica. But then again, I could be mixing them up and I don't know anything and I'm a narc. So I don't know. Kevo's definitely a narc. Don't listen to anything he says. Um, In the couch for sure. Mm. Yeah, couch locked for sure. Uh, Next question. Young Leg at Shopa AJ says, what is the warm feeling in my loins? It's us. It's you listening to us. Hmm. That silky smooth voice, that NPR mm. voice of Kevin J. Pettit settling Welcome in your in loins. To 104.2 Lads Podcast, ready for some smooth jazz all night long. Okay, next question. At Ralph, uh, Ralph Schudel says, what is the making of a good lad? Oh, Martin, what makes a good lad? I think beer, soccer, I mean, those are definitely two, um, you know, shit talking friendly shit talking like you got to be able to you got to be able to shoot the shit 
um, and be able to take it. What else? I mean, the the standard, the bar isn't that high. Just drink with us, talk some shit with us, and watch some sports with us, and uh, you'll be just golden, like baby. Yeah. yeah. If you like, yeah, just if you like, like soccer, soccer and beer. Yeah. You don't even have to like beer. If you just like soccer, cool. Like, I'm yeah. totally fine with that. Oh, like, yeah. Or if you just like, like beer and not soccer, you're kind of a lad, also, I guess. Also, you're, you're a lad. You're a total lad. Um, next question comes from Swindon Devil CMFC. He says... Uh, it's three questions. First question: Next American to come uh, to the Prem? Ooh, mm. good question. Uh, Timothy Way? Uh no, heck no. PSG? You Fuck think he's gonna no. stay over there? No, I think he'll stay in Scotland and not play for the easiest league. He'll play for the Scottish league. Um, I would say, I would say McKinney. Josh Sargent, get a ginger. Another Alexi Lawless. Hmm? Get a ginger. Throw that ginger in. And um, uh, what's his name? That young goalkeeper who was just signed by Manchester City. Oh, but yeah, so he's definitely playing in the Prem. Stefan. Stefan. Yeah, Zach Stefan. Yeah, he's definitely pl- – well, he's definitely going to be playing in the Prem. Yeah, yeah. That's my bet. <laughs> okay, pretty safe bet. All right, next question. Can United or Arsenal get back in the top four next year? I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm going to say one of them will. Oh, that's actually that's – a, that's, a, that's a safe bet. At least I don't know which you, one, but I'm going to say one of them will. I, I'm going to say neither. All right. Oh, um, that's a realistic I, bet. Yeah, that's pretty dark, but pretty true. Next question from James Copley, our Sunderland reporter. Oh, my God, James, how the hell are you? He's been on the pod. He asked a question. He says, is Kev satisfied with Emery at Arsenal? I mean, yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with Emery. I mean, using this squad he has, I mean, he took us to our Europa League final, even though we got ship pumped. Um, Not exactly getting the most support from the board or Stan Kroenke. And, you know, he's doing what he can with this kind of, you know, give the guy time. Okay, I'm satisfied with Unai. I think he's shown you can win at home, which I think is important. And you just gotta, you just gotta get better away, man. Just gotta get better away. But I am, I am sad. I'm not like crazy and like I'm not crazy about Unai Emery. But I am. I will say I am satisfied. I got nothing to add here. I am not Kev okay. nor an Arsenal okay. fan. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, Next question, Sky at T underscore Sky says, who does Barcelona need and who do, and who do they need to get rid of? Um, definitely get, rid get rid of, of Messi, for oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 the, he's the, the, the issue at Barcelona, for sure. Um, definitely get rid of Coutinho. It just doesn't oh, seem like that. I disagree. Really? I just don't think he's working out, man. I think he's like a James Rodriguez situation where he's just, you know, it's just not working out. I, I don't think he's he's doing great, but I think that, you know, in in two years when uh, Messi either leaves or accepts a much diminished role, then Couscous will be 28. He'll be in the prime. And I think he he could do all right for a couple of years. He's, he's a great person to you know keep around even if he just becomes a sub player who the heck cares if you have to pick and choose i'd keep him around for a little bench threat if i Mm. i would get rid of pk faster than shrimp fried rice my dude 
That guy is old and liable. He's getting more liable the longer he sticks with Shakira, Shakira. And there might be a connection there. I don't know. But I think he so. needs I think we're to go. To something. Um, Titty yeah. also could go. With uh, Delight coming in, uh, ship them out. Ship both of your center backs mm. out. All right. So who do you think they need? Probably Griezmann. That would be a nice add. They they got a uh, Griezmann, so uh, good job there. Um, well, isn't official yet. No, but, but I, I mean, mean, pretty much. But I mean, pretty maybe much. he'll come. Maybe he won't come. Ooh. I think they need a replacement for Busquets. That's who I think they need because I think he's you know he's been kind of like you know the fucking the the cowbell you know the guy who's just been like running around the pitch and doing all the work but not getting all the credit like i think his he's running out of legs so i think a nice central defensive mid might be kind of crucial um and arturo vidal is still there which should be filling in that role but i don't know what they haven't really using him too much i don't know if it's like injury or just not working in into valverde's plan as it was but who knows we'll see who the new manager will be um next question what defenders is Arsenal most likely to acquire? Are they getting a winger? This is from Sancho at Post Mojan. Um, I would say most likely to acquire. Everyone is saying Umtiti, but that sounds too good to be true. If I'm being realistic, I'm I'm not too sure, Marin. Have you heard anything about any defenders coming to Arsenal? We just lost Lichtensteiner, who is supposed to be that veteran who's supposed to teach us everything, and he was just shit. Yeah, um, I know y'all lost Lichtensteiner and and Monreal and Mustafi are are probably gonna follow. Uh, I haven't really seen anything solid, you know, in terms of trying to target a player or not. But I I just want to see if you guys are gonna call back Callum Chambers and Rob Holding, because I I think if if you guys if Arsenal was, and I apologize, but if Arsenal was smart. They would be trying to start subbing those players in, give them some more top league prem experience. Experience whether that means starting five games uh, each season at Arsenal or coming on as as a regular substitute. I thought that would have been smart to do for the past couple years. And well, Rob Rob was hurt this year, so you can't really blame Rob. And then Callum was playing off at uh, Fulham. Uh, Fuck yeah, South Fulham. Yep, he was former. Formerly of Southampton, currently of Fulham, but his big daddy's Arsenal. Yes, yes, yes. Good, good. Um, yeah. Remember when it was like the English, you know, uh, Arsenal was supposed to be the complete English side of Jack, Callum, Ox. Yeah. Oh, did you see first? I forgot to mention this. Ox's quote after the Liverpool Champions League game. God damn it. Where he said, like, this is for all you gooners out there. I know you were all, like, so happy that we... Oh, my God. It was uh, it was just embarrassing for Arsenal fans. <laughs> I knew he meant well, but it wasn't good. Are we getting a winger? Well, we need one. Um, Dembele at Barcelona would be sweet, but that's, like, again, reaching. I doubt we'll get that. So, I haven't really heard anything about wingers either, but who knows? It's still very early in the transfer market. Next question. At MJWill6, Matt Will says... What are the odds Poch stays with Spurs? Uh, I would say 70% right now. Actually, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to bump that up to 85. Yeah, I'm going to say it's pretty pretty high. I would say there is a very good possibility um cause I feel like what's it called? Pochettino will go to Dan Levy and be like 
hey, like, dude, come on. Like, I took this squad that was injury riddled, nowhere as, like, top quality as, like, the other top sides in Europe. No offense to Spurs, but if you compare, like, your starting 11 against, like, the Juventus, the Barcelonas, even Liverpool, Man City, I don't think it's close, but not that close. You know what I'm saying, Martin? And I'm not trying to be rude. And the fact that he's had two transfer windows with no players to get them to a higher level. I mean, he's been playing ball with the board and Dan Levy for so long that I think he's got to be like, come on, guys, this is this is bullshit. The state, the stadium is built. You guys, it was supposed to be built for like 400 million. You spent like a billion dollars on it. Like, come on, like throw me a freaking bone here. Yeah, if if I'm Potch, that's basically the ultimatum I would give Dan Levy. I would say, look, I brought this team without any support from your side to the Champions League final and and could have won it uh, if it was a different day, if Harry Kane was fit, if Liverpool uh, was more injured, what have you. Whatever the circumstances are, Tottenham had a chance to win that. and And say... Give me the money to get back to the Champions League final and win it, or I'm gone because I I've delivered on the potential of this squad and more. I hit the ceiling and punch right through it, and then hit another ceiling and punch right through it without any boxing gloves because you won't give me money to buy them. So if I'm Poch, that has to be the last stand. You've shown all your cards. You have shown the world that he's a phenomenal uh, coach. And any team would be lucky to have him. If Spurs want him, give the man the money. Pay the man. Because obviously he's special. So Show me the money. Show me the mother-tricking money. So, that's uh, it. That's it. If Posh mm. doesn't get paid, he ain't going to stay. Yeah, I mean, he's already on a good manager's deal but it's definitely more for the squad i think you could tell after he was crying after the ajax match like how much that team means to him so i really think he's staying but i think he's going to have a little bit more control of what is going in and out of this club um next question comes from our discord channel it's a place where people you know really don't have that many people to talk to about soccer come join it's our chat room lots of cool dudes in here talk soccer beer other sports it's awesome comes the question comes from drunk uncle he says after seeing Klopp hammer, hammered drunk on the open top bus parade, is there a more likable manager currently in the world football, Martin? Hmm. Yes. From my Who? perspective. Who's more likable than Jurgen Klopp? From my perspective? Yeah, let's get your perspective, Martin. Ali, Zizou, Allegri, Unai, Poch, uh, Mourinho... Uh, Mourinho's more like Mourinho's more likable than Klopp. Get the fuck out of my Mussolini, face. Mussolini, <laughs> um, uh, fucking Genghis Khan. Anybody that you could even think of is more likable than Klopp. Klopp's a fake. You heard it here first. Inauthentic. It's a fake smile. He's fake drunk. He's drinking no duels. You fools. All right, so Martin's obviously high on Indica and Sativa. Uh, Jurgen Klopp is the most likable manager in the world. It's there's no doubt about it. The guy just how can you not smile just like looking at that crazy German? Because he's got he's, fake teeth and fake hair. Oh my God, Martin! <laughs> if you, you had the money, have, you should I, not if, have turned this question over to me. I, yeah, I, I definitely, said, I, I'm Ollie. never doing that again. I'm never turning <laughs> never, that. Never no. ever. Never ever. All right, next question uh, from our Instagram. Give us a follow, Lads Podcast. 
uh, Mr. Hans W says, who's the best right back in the world? Hmm. Jordi Alba. Well, could, he jumps to mm-hmm. mind. Well, Trent Alexander. I think you have to make start talking about him more. Uh, yeah. Danny, Al- Danny Alves. Danny Alves. Joshua Kimmich. Danny Alves is getting old. Uh, Carvajal. Um, Kyle Walker. Yeah. I think Kimmich. I think Kimmich is a good shout. Yeah, I'd say. Ah. Uh, but then you also got the likes of. Um, oh shoot! Ex Chelsea played Quadrado. Uh, you have you mm. have a lot of uh, really great right backs. I guess if you want to make a distinction between a right back and a full back, you could have less choices. But first one mm-hmm. that comes to mind in terms of legacy is is Jordi Alba or Danny Alba, Alves, best in the world currently, uh, right here, right now. I'd say Kimmich. I feel comfortable saying that. I would. I would. I think there'd be a good ar- argument for Trent. I think he's phenomenal. But I mean. Um, maybe it's just the hubris, maybe it's just the moment, but I just love Trent Alexander-Arnold so much. And just, I mean, his assists, his just work, his defense, it's just, he's just, he's just so great. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll take his dick out of my mouth now. All right. Next question. Um, from C. Molenski, if Virgil van Dyke keeps his form, where will he fall on the top list of EPL defenders? Okay, guys, let's stop. Let's relax. Please. Virgil, Virgil please. van Dyke has only, has only been in the league for a very short time. He hasn't even won a Premier League yet. Yes, Virgil van Dyke is the best defender in the world right now. But, like, we need to give it some time. Let it settle. Let it breathe. I think Virgil van Dyke is absolutely amazing. Um, cause then you're going to get into question. Well, at his peak, he was better. You know, I, I hate those arguments. I hate that. Um, cause I feel like it'd be very subjective. Um, but if he is to keep this current form, if he wins a couple premier leagues, this is all ifs, these are all hypotheticals, then yes, then you can start making conversations about it right now. I think it's way too early. Yeah. I mean, took the words right out of my mouth he had a phenomenal world-class one of the best in the world seasons so let's keep it right there i think yep paul gasol did a phenomenal job of describing gian or not describing Giannis. he's not kobe bryant but he's like kobe bryant he's not uh shaq but he's like shaq it's just to say he's fantastic but this is his genuinely i shit you not a full year and a half of being really fucking good. Let's ease off. Let's pump the brakes, boys, before we put him in. Where does he rank in best in the world, best in history? He's played amazing for a year and a half and won a trophy. Pump the brakes. We can appreciate what he's doing now just fine without ranking him. Let the man grow. I know everyone just wants to jump the gun. And this is not shitting on the person who asked the question. It's a very fair question. People like to ask Someone's pounding on my door. Kevin, keep talking. All right. I'm going to keep talking. Um, But I feel like we just like to jump the gun. Like we were already, like Martin was saying, ascending Giannis to like the best player in the world. And then we saw how he can become very one-dimensional. Virgil van Dyke had that incredible Uh. stat line this year where he went up against like Messi... Suarez, Kane, all these different players, and no one dribbled past him. It was like 64 dribbles, none got past him. Virgil van Dyke could be next to Messi, number two in the Ballon d'Or. And I wouldn't be crazy. It wouldn't be crazy if he won it. I I, I probably would think it's crazy because I think Messi had one of the greatest individual seasons ever. 
But, you know, I think he's definitely right there in the running. And it's been, you know, no one likes seeing a defender win the Ballon d'Or more than me. All right. So. Let me. All right. All right. All right. All right. I I I am back. Someone was pounding on my door. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Um, oh, hey. But I absolutely agree with you in, in how you said he, he definitely deserves to be up there in the balloon door ranking my only my only shout against him winning the balloon door uh door uh it just doesn't seem fair man it doesn't seem fair that he gets to be good for a year and a half and win win the uh you know most indivi- most honored individual award ever in in the soccer world when there are the likes of Terry Ramos PK Cellini, Bonucci, um, Terry, or I already said Terry, uh, you know, just phenomenal, historic, legendary uh, defenders who didn't even get a shout. So I, I, I don't think that mm-hmm. he, he should win just because it, it does not make sense to have him win this trophy, win it this set medal. Precedence, yeah. Right, when when legends like that didn't even get a shout or did not really come close. Uh, when you have just another brilliant season from Messi, who's been doing this year after year, and, and another brilliant season from Ronaldo, who's been doing this year after year. And it just feels like if it went to anyone other than them, it's a Luka Modric thing all over again. But nobody would bitch about it because everybody loves the story of Liverpool and Virgil van Dijk. So to me, it just doesn't seem fair for him to mm. win and, and truly legendary people can't even begin to question what they've done um, in soccer. Don't even get a shout that, that just don't seem right, but I'm just yeah, bitching go- a bitch. No, I get what you're saying. It would set a weird precedence when these other like historic defenders didn't win when they had historic seasons or, um, but I do I to the argument for Virgil van Dijk. It is about individual year. It doesn't matter about history. It's like how good did you do in this year? That's what the Ballon d'Or is about. So, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. But then you can make the arguments. Look at what Sergio Ramos has done individually for Real Madrid. Dude has individually be been a clutch man, a clutch gene, a cheat code for the past fucking seven years. And in two Champions League finals, he has single-handedly won it for them. You, you, I, I don't think that that type of clutch gene can be ignored while Virgil van Dijk's brilliant defending can be uh, given the Balloon d'Or. I just don't see a connection there. Yes, he had an amazing, mm-hmm. phenomenal season, but it, other defenders have done just the same if not better or slightly worse. It it doesn't seem anything out of the ordinary. It's just someone new doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think those are all fair points and um we'll have to see. I mean, the Ballon d'Or, who knows? You, we can't even like rely on it anymore. Mm-hmm. So All right, next question. Brock BRXXCK says, "How mad is France going out in the round of 16 to the USA in the U20 World Cup?" They Woo! big mad. They big mad. You didn't think we were going to bring it up because we weren't until we got a question about it. Hey. Um, so, yeah, they big mad. Um, dude, I'm telling you, 
USA, watch out. Our U20s, we're about, USA is about to have a World Cup with the men's and ladies. You ready for this? Ready. Okay. Um, next question. Bobby Poloff says, do you think Alba will go to China? I really hope not. I saw today's that they're trying to lock up the two the two strikers, the two attacking forwards for Arsenal. So um, Lacazette and Aubameyang. But, you know, would it be out of character of Aubameyang to go try and search out money? I don't think it would be crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> I I don't think, you know, if that happened, I'd be like, fuck, I'm, Arsenal's going to come in like seventh. But, you know. I don't see it happening, but that's just the the hopeful Arsenal fan in me because that's that's never going to die, even if I die. So, Martin, do you see that happening? I, not really. I mean, I don't think he has anywhere to go. He hasn't lit up the world um, at Arsenal, and and Abba is what now twenty nine thirty. Uh, yeah, he's up there now. Yeah. No, I think he's even older. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty nine now. So I don't think a lot of people are uh, getting ready to propose to him. So if I'm Abba, I would stick around. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal decided to sell Aubameyang. That seems like a totally Stan Kroenke thing to do. Just sell Abba, who who almost won the Golden Boot. Um, so I could see him gone in the next year and a half. Maybe not this summer, though. <sighs> I don't know. Let's, you know, if it happens, it happens. If we die... We die. All right. Well, let's end on that morbid note. Martin, um, we will catch you guys Friday. Um, get ready for the Women's World Cup. We'll do our Women's World Cup preview for Friday's episode. Get ready, guys. We're going to do all our research, big big J journalist research before then. It's going to be sick. And um, you guys get through this week, okay? We'll see you later. Peace. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to my. Far